I want to share with you this sermon series, Jesus is Coming, has been burning a hole in my heart. I hope you're ready to receive it. Jesus is coming. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm making a prediction. Some of you are going, please don't do that. He's coming soon. That's my prediction. He's coming soon. What does that mean? That means you got to get ready. You have to get ready. Now, I know most of us, you're, you're probably a lot like me. I want to know when so I know how much time I have to what? Procrastinate, right? I, I know how much time I have before I have to get serious about the research paper I was supposed to write over the last three weeks, and then I waited till the night before class, right? I, 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 that's just human nature. But Jesus' coming is imminent, it's been imminent for 2,000 years. And you might be saying, oh, pastor, they're, they're, they've been saying that forever. Do you realize that that's part of the signs of his coming? Peter says that scoffers in the end times will come and say, where is the sign of his coming? You guys have been talking about that forever. Where is his coming? That's part of the sign. You say, ah, you're going to have to do better than that. I'll do better as we go through the message and through the sermon series. But can I tell you this? You want to be able to read the signs. So we're going to cover a lot of signposts this this sermon series. The reason I say that is because during his first coming, Jesus came in the fullness of time. He was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect sinless life and he died for our sins. And while he was encountering some of his opponents... Those are the religious leaders of the law that didn't understand they needed a savior. He tells them, he says, you guys know so much. And they keep saying to him, show us a sign, show us a sign. He says, you don't need signs. What you need to do is believe, believe. I've given you enough signs. He's like, look, the dead are raised, the lame walk, the blind see, the crippled are healed. How many more miracles do I have to do? Do you realize he almost banished all of sickness in Galilee? Anyone who came, he just indiscriminately healed them from sunup to sundown. He would pass out of pure exhaustion of all that he was doing. And here they are going, show us the sign. He says, you know how to read the signs of the time. I mean, how how to read the signs of your age, meaning like, like, you know, the signs of a good economy or a bad economy? Come on, how many of you? You know the signs of, of the weather, when the weather's going to change? But you have not been very astute to consider the signs of the times. And this, my visitation. He was saying, the king of all glory is here with you and you missed it. And yet it was prophetically laid out for us. Do you realize that he's coming again and he says, you need to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Spiritually, you've got to be considering what's going on so that you be ready. So some of you might be thinking, but pastor, why are you preaching this message? To spark hope in your heart. Do you realize one of the most powerful things a Christian can have is hope? Hope that my king is coming. That what I have believed in, I am persuaded that it will come to pass. It will come to pass. Jesus will come back for me. When you look at this crazy world and all that's happening, you can have hope to say, this isn't all there is. There's something far better for me. I want you to have hope 
that all the good things that you experience in life were his idea. And so you don't have to worry about leaving them behind. You're going to take those forward with you. Your family, your love, your relationships, your, you know, the joy and the peace that God fills your heart with. And so I want you to feel full of hope as you hear these messages, but also to have eyes to see what's happening in the world so that you can be more persuaded, more convinced than ever, hey, it's coming. And I've got to be ready because I'm going to challenge you to detach from this world. Jesus said things like this, this world and all of its lusts will pass away. Only those that what? Do the will of my father will remain forever. And so we need to let go of Babylon. We need to come out of Babylon. We need to let go of the world. We need to come out of the world. We need to say, you know what? Get off of me. Let me go. You're distracting me. I got one person saying I need to let go of distractions. Everybody else is like, no, I'm good with the distractions. I'm totally okay with them. No, I want to challenge you. Amen. And so this is the reason I'm preaching this. We're going to talk a lot about reasons during this this sermon series. But I want to share with you one of the main signs, and it's found in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. Read with me. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, or in the last days, or in the end times. Okay? What's going to happen? Some will turn away from the true faith. What is the true faith? There's only one saving faith, and that's the faith and trust in Jesus Christ as the one who died for your sins. Putting your trust in him. Some will turn away from that. Now think about this with me for a second. You can't turn away from something you weren't looking toward. Isn't that true? If, how can I turn away from that if I'm not looking toward that? I'm already away from it. So he's not talking about run-of-the-mill pagans. Because run-of-the-mill pagans, you go, is that cool to say? Yeah, there's pagans. And there's those that do not know the truth of Jesus Christ. They just don't know. And you've got run-of-the-mill pagans throughout history. He's not talking about them. Who's he talking about? Those that have been flirting with the truth. Those that are kind of hanging around the truth. They're going to turn away. They're going to fall away. You say, well, is it possible to lose your salvation? I don't believe so. Because salvation wasn't something you qualified for. How can you disqualify from it? I believe he's talking about those that are hanging out in the church that have heard, but there hasn't been true regeneration by the power of the Holy Spirit in their hearts because there hasn't been true trust. We'll talk more about that as we go along, but there will be a falling away. Now stay with me. This is what we talked about last week. Paul talks about the falling away. John talked about the falling away and Jesus himself talked about the falling away. Jesus said, remember many Many of their love will grow cold. Many will be deceived. If possible, even the very elect, even the very saved ones, almost, they'll have to hold on tight. Amen? This is what Jesus says. Now, let's read read what Paul says to the Thessalonican church about this falling away. He says, now, brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet him. How will we be gathered to meet him? What is he talking about? 
Well, he says it later, remember? The Antichrist will not be revealed until the one that restrains him. Who is the one that restrains him? The Holy Spirit is removed. How do you remove the Holy Spirit if he lives inside you? We remove you. How will you be removed? It's called the rapture. In the twinkling of an eye, the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye, how fast is the twinkling of an eye? They've actually measured it. I don't know that measurement. I just know it's fast. You will hear a trumpet. Something inside of you will give uh, absolute allegiance and attention to that trumpet. And before you know what is taking place, you'll be raptured and you'll be taken up in the sky to meet Jesus. Come on. Come on. That's a... That's a ride I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss that ride. That's going to be awesome. Can I just tell you, that's going to be awesome. Come on. Some of you have hand glided. Some of you have jumped out of airplanes, done all kinds of... No, this is going to be amazing. It's like Superman. Can you imagine? I wonder if I can do like some somersaults on my way up. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like, but it's going to be amazing. Okay. He says, I don't want you to be fooled by what they say. For that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God, a falling away. There'll be a falling away. Now, can I tell you, the Bible says that rebellion is as witchcraft. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 33, rebellion is as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. Uh-oh. Where are my kids at? Stubbornness. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my kids are amazing about half the time. <laughs> no, listen, rebellion is as what? So there is going to be an increase of witchcraft on the earth. Do you see that happening today? Do you realize that I was going to show you a list of the top shows dealing with witchcraft? And there was like 20 something. Then I went and it said 20 more something dealing with magic. 20 more something dealing with fairies and something else. So 30, 50 something dealing with paranormal. So many more dealing with ghosts. So many more dealing. I was like with medians and talking to the dead. Is there an increase? I didn't have time. I said, I'll be here all day just listing shows. Message has to be more about just listing what the enemy's doing, right? And so I'm here to tell you, wake up, wake up. The rebellion has begun. Do you realize that witchcraft is in full swing and yet Christians don't know that it's expressly forbidden? Expressly forbidden. Now I speak to my computer And so my computer said forbids instead of forbids. Anyway, Leviticus 19 uh, 19 verse 26 and 31 expressly forbids the practice of witchcraft. How about Leviticus 20 verse 6? How about Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 14? We're going to read more about it in a minute. But you might say, "What what is witchcraft? Witchcraft is the practice... The rebellious practice of using evil power to control others or a circumstance. What's the opposite of witchcraft? 
Well, it's very simple. Faith. Faith. What is faith? Faith is saying, not my will be done, but thy will be done. What did Peter say? Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Meaning, I humble myself and I trust you, Lord, and your plan for my life. I'm not going to try to control my, I'm not going to try to look into a crystal ball. I'm not going to look into a mirror. I'm not going to do his hocus pocus spells to control this. I'm going to trust you for it because it's thy will that matters to me. How about this? How about not only do I trust your plan, I trust your protection. I don't have to go and gra- you know, do this and this and that to gain power over somebody. Lord, I'm going to trust your protection. How about this? I'm going to trust your provision. If you deem I should have something, then I'll have it. Why? Because you have a perfect plan for my life and you'll always give provision to fulfill the vision. And so it's absolute faith, which this witchcraft is the opposite of faith. It's putting, it's self-reliance. Self-reliance. Now watch. Watch you say, where did this start? This started in the garden. When Satan came around and said, did God really say? And Eve says, oh yeah, you shouldn't. He said you shouldn't eat or touch of that tree. For in the day I do, I will die. And what does he say? You will not surely die. God knows that you will be what? Enlightened. You're going to see that's the common theme between witchcraft and new age. Because new age and witchcraft are coming together. They're coming together in these last days. And it's this idea of you can be in charge. You can know what God knows. And you don't have to listen to God in the traditional sense. So stay with me on this. Where did it come? From the Tower of Babel. What was the Tower of Babel if not rebellion? God said, go throughout the earth, subdue it, multiply, spread out. They said, no, we're not going to multiply. We're not going to spread out. We're going to stay in one place and we're going to build a tower to the heavens. Now, I know in many, many times, uh, me included, I've thought, oh, how unsophisticated these, these simpletons. That's pride. And not knowing that the ancient world was more sophisticated than we may know. Maybe they weren't building a physical tower to the heights of heaven, but what if they were building a stargate to other dimensions? We don't know. What we do know is it was rebellion against what God had asked them to do. And God confused their language. They spread throughout the earth. And that's why we have witchcraft in every corner of the earth. Because they took their rebellion with them. And they took this, this religion of rebellion, which is witchcraft. This, this wicked, evil, satanic religious system. It's called the, the mystery religion of Babel which becomes the mystery religion of Babylon, which you will see in the end times, which mystery Babylon rises again. And you see this in every corner of the world. You see witchcraft and witch doctors and witches. You go, but pastor, aren't there some good witches? A witch is a witch. A witch is a witch. And they serve the God of rebellion, or he's no God. He's a fallen angel, Satan. 
So I want you to think about this. Witchcraft includes spells, curses, hypnosis, ceremonies, chants, and, and it goes on and on. But there's two basic components of witchcraft, divination and sorcery. Divination is predicting the future, speaking to the dead, and basically you're speaking to demons. Sorcery is practicing magic, demonic arts, charms, and drugs. Yes, drugs. Throughout history, witchcraft has used drugs. Why do you think the enemy is pushing so hard to legalize drugs? Somebody said, but is it, if it's legal, is it okay, Pastor? Can I tell you, witchcraft uses drugs because they want you to be under some other influence, not your own. Because if you're under another influence, then you're more vulnerable to the demonic. God says, be sober-minded. Be in your faculties so that you can hear him and respond to the spirit of the living God. Amen? You say, what, what? no, they called it pharmakia. Pharmakia is where we get the word pharmacy from or phar- pharmaceuticals. And they're still pushing drugs. Anyway, keep going. Think about this with me. Witchcraft is the hunting and snaring of souls. In Ezekiel it says, Thus says the Lord God, Woe to women. I want you to take heed, ladies. Typically the enemy works first there. He didn't approach Adam. He approached Eve. Guys are too too close-minded in many ways. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a big deal, but, but, just, but just look at what the Bible is saying here. Woe to the women who sew magic charms on their sleeves and make veils for the heads of the people of every height to hunt souls. Will you hunt the souls of my people and keep yourselves alive? What is God saying? I notice what's happening and I'm not happy with it at all. Be careful. He's saying, woe to you. When I come against you, it's not going to be pretty. He says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against your magic charms by which you hunt souls there like birds. I will tear them from your arms and let the souls go. The souls you hunt like birds. I will also tear off your veils and deliver my people out of your hands and they shall no longer be your prey in your hand. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. What is this business of hunting souls? See, witchcraft is meant to what? Capture and enslave a soul and keep them from a true relationship with Jesus Christ. True relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we have to be very, very serious about this. Now, I want to list three basic ways that witchcraft operates according to God's word. The work of the flesh, demonic empowerment, and the denying of the gospel. The denying of the gospel. You say, Pastor, show me in God's word. Okay, Galatians chapter 5. You have Paul listing the demonic works of the flesh. Now watch what he says. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and and witchcraft. You say, Pastor, it's a work of the flesh? Yes. 
See, in our fallen state, our flesh is strong. And our flesh is rebellion against God. It's in rebellion against God. So when we deny God and try to work in these other ways, we're, we're going against God. And this is, this is what's in full swing in the world today. No, I don't want to submit to God. No, I don't want to humble myself. No, I don't want to repent of my sins. Repent of my sins means I turn from my sins. I'll confess them all day long, but I won't turn. I will not turn. God does not have a right to tell me how to live. I want to do what I want to do. That's witchcraft. Listen, demonic empowerment. It is possible for demons to give people power. You see this every day. Why do you think the practice of manifestation or manifesting is so powerful? And it has such an allure. Why? Because when you, when you, when you work with demons, they will strike bargains with you. I want you to look at the music industry and how many people have struck bargains for fame and fortune. But there's always a price to pay. Always a price to pay. Just look at the old VH1 uh, videos behind the music. How many of them stardom, crash, and burn? Many of them, their lives were lost. Because there is demonic power. Now, this is the way demonic power works when you go to a median and ask these questions or want to seek advice. What you're doing is you're lining yourself up with these demonic forces saying, I agree with you. That gives them room to start working. Do they know the future? No, they're going to try to orchestrate the future. All they need is you to agree with it. And when you go, yes, tell me, and they say, such and such is going to take place. You start thinking, such and such is going to take place. And you just keep thinking it and thinking it and thinking it. You're putting your faith in demonic forces. Instead of saying, I put my faith in God's word. I reject the demonic word. I reject it in the name of Jesus. You have no, come on. Oh, you're going to die by such and such time. Oh, I'm going I'm to die. I must die. I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. What are you doing? You're agreeing with it. So this is what's taking place. There was a young girl in the book of Acts who was earning her masters a lot of money. She starts heckling Paul. Go to the next passage. She starts heckling Paul and saying, these men are servants of the most high God. Let me tell you something else demonic forces do. They tell you a little bit of truth. And once they hook you, then comes the lie. Do you see that? So she's saying the truth. These men are, but notice the principle that Paul establishes. Paul establishes the principle. What fellowship does light have with darkness? There's a clear separation. You're getting on my nerves, girl. Why? Because I don't need you or any demonic force announcing me as a man of God. Guess who announces me? The Holy Spirit of the living God announces me. I don't need you. So watch what he does. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, Christians. Somebody needs to gird up under the power of the Holy Spirit and say, in the name of Jesus, you have no part in my house. I will welcome no demonic spirit in my house. In the name of Jesus, loose my children and be gone. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Come on now. With one word, cast her out. Cast her out. Now that's demonic spirits. Now, how about 
the denying of the gospel is the third way that witchcraft works. You foolish Galatians, he says. Who has bewitched you? Now, what is he talking about here? He's talking about some false prophets have come into the church and begun to preach a gospel that is not the gospel message of Jesus Christ saves. They're adding to it. They're changing it. They want to confuse the way of salvation. That's witchcraft. Why? Because ultimately it wants to hunt your soul. It wants to hunt your soul. All from God's word, amen? Now, you say, pastor, but why do I have to worry about this? Well, can I just, can I just get real with you? I hear crazy things all the time because there's not enough discipleship and growing in God's word in the church. What kind of crazy things? People say, oh, my loved one who passed away is now an angel. That's a doctrine of demons. Your loved one is not an angel. God's word says explicitly, we are not angels. We were created different than the angels, nor will we ever be angels. Oh, my loved one showed up as a certain little animal the other day. That's a doctrine of a demon. Your loved one is either with Christ or is awaiting judgment in a bad place. Period. God's word. You say, but pastor, what else? What do you mean? How about, can I just get all my Hispanic folks for a minute? Being Hispanic, I got, I'm going to take my license here. Some of my Hispanic folks from Hispanic heritage practice demonic things. And they get it from the demonic witchcraft that spread throughout the earth and has been handed down from generation to generation. Ay, mijo, se enfermó el otro día. He got sick the other day. My son, I took him to this person. And they rubbed an egg, and they did this, and they pulled on here, and they did that, and they said this chant. I'm going, who in the world would do such a foolish thing? Someone who does not know their soul is being hunted. And they made him sleep with this under the bed. Am I right? Y le dieron ojo y esto que el otro. I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh. Can I tell you? There's shows on television showing all the witchcraft of the Vikings. The other day I thought, oh, I like these kind of shows. I put it on. It's demonic. Straight up Demonic. Oh, you see it over and over and over. Oh, I got to cleanse my house by burning this and doing this and standing on one leg and rubbing. I mean, come on. What does God's word say? Now, I know some of you are going, why are you coming at it this way? Do you realize that's my style? My style is not, oh, guys, would you please? That's just not who God created me to be. God created me to be. Come on. Come on. Wake up, read your word, get in discipleship, learn what God's word says, because your soul is being hunted. Think about this. Oh, we're going to talk about more things, but it's a denying of the gospel because ultimately without the gospel, your soul is, is doomed. 
And so we're not just talking about witchcraft. We're talking about the blending, the falling away comes where new ageism comes. Because notice what antichrist spirit is about. Antichrist is about denying the gospel and then replacing the gospel. Remember I said last week, anti has two meanings. Deny, replace, deny, replace. This is found in new ageism. And it's spreading throughout our world. Now, I want you to look at this with me. First Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. We said the last time some will turn away from the true faith. Now, I'm highlighting the second portion. They will follow deceptive spirits. In the New King James, it says doctrine of demons. Doctrine of demons, deceptive spirits. Watch. And teachings that come from demons. Tell me if this isn't playing out today in our world. Remember, you want eyes to see and ears to hear. Watch this video from, from Pastor Ray Comfort.
a resisting of the truth. Can I share with you, church? That's the falling away. I don't want truth. I want doctrine of demons. You hear these new agers talk about, it's not about doctrine. Yet Paul says, make sure your doctrine is sound. Because your doctrine is your belief system. What do you believe? We believe that Jesus Christ came in the flesh as the Son of God, died on the cross for our sins. And without Him, without trust and faith in Him, and repenting of our sins, meaning turning from our sins, living different under His power, there is no salvation. None. Yet there's a hunting of our souls with demonic forces. This is, this is being put out there every day. Now, you've seen me highlight Oprah Winfrey a lot. You say, Pastor, what is your fascination with her? Nothing other than she is the most influential, by far, new ager and false prophet in the world. In the world. And if you do any studying of her, she's also bringing pastors onto her program. It's called Soul Something Sunday. And she brings these pastors and slowly etches away at good doctrine. Has them say things they should not be saying because it's not the word of God. And she brings on other gurus from yogis and masters of Hinduism and all this stuff. And just, just li listen to this one little clip of hers. Listen very closely. Now, this is a clip from that show. But I want you to notice what she said. Millions of people write in, Skype. They hold these services. She openly says many, many times, almost every program, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I can show you how. Yet, her doctrine is a doctrine of demons. What do I mean by that? It denies Jesus Christ 
as the substitutionary atoning work for our salvation. What does that mean? Jesus Christ died so that we wouldn't have to die. When we put our trust in him, then his righteousness covers us and washes us white as snow. This is important because without Jesus Christ dying for us, there is no salvation. So where does she attack? At that point. At that point. Now watch. Keep going. Hmm. Can I share something with you in case you're wondering, well, but these people are not in our community. The, the lady she was talking to is from Limpasas, Texas. Um, your best life now is always emphasized in this new age context. What did Jesus say? Store up not for yourselves treasures on earth, but where? In heaven. Right? You got to detach from this material world. The world and its lust are passing away. Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to. So you may not have your best life today. You may not. Because the truth is the world will attack the gospel. And if you're about the gospel, they're going to attack you. Jesus is like, you got to be okay with that. See, the New Age thought is about your best life now. An emphasis on awareness, awakening, enlightening, enlightenment. It's about gnosis, knowing, knowing what? Isn't that what Satan promised Eve? You will know good and evil. You can be like God. This is the same pathetic little lie that's still being peddled, but it's, it's under a demonic force. That you can know and be enlightened and, and, and reach that higher level of consciousness. What did God say? Without him, you will not know God. How about this? Yourself is the problem. I can show you another clip where, where Oprah talks about the seed of self. And the self is what God uses to speak to you. Why did Jesus say then you must die to yourself? Because in your fleshly nature, you are fallen. And you will never reach it in your own strength. You need a Savior! You need a Savior. Stay with me on this. This is Hinduism. 
repackaged. This is Gnosticism repackaged. This is a grabbing from here and there, putting it together as a doctrine of demons to hunt your soul and to keep you from salvation. Hinduism, Hinduism talks about avatar and yoga and transcendental meditation and all this stuff. And you go, oh, the other day I heard someone say, well, Jesus was an avatar. No, avatar is a word not familiar or used with Christian faith. It's not something we use to describe our faith or our Lord. The word comes from Hinduism, and it's the way their demonic gods enter this world through taking over the use of a body. That sounds like demonic possession. It's not in, not the incarnation of the, of God Himself becoming flesh. This is important. You go, oh, I'm not into doctrine. Get into it. It's important. You have to know what you believe. Because in the last days, many will what? Fall away. Many will fall away. So stay with me on this. Yoga. I want to share with you a video about yoga Barbie put out for our children. Now I'm going to share with you Stephen Bankard's debunking of this video. It's a three minute video, but it's extremely important because so many people are getting into yoga and they don't understand the demonic doctrine of demons behind that practice. Watch.
First, he said, this is just an elementary discussion. So there's so much more. But this is what he said. From your breath, to the words you say, to the posture of your body, it's all meant to align you with these demonic forces. Because that's not our God. It's not what the Bible has taught us. And you might say, Pastor, because I, I said this before in a service, and I, I got scolded a little bit. And I know that Christians always want to redeem worldly practices rather than rejecting them. Now, I get it. We are a redemptive force in the earth, meaning what we touch many times can be redeemed. But I want us to be careful not to try to domesticate demons, okay? Because a demon cannot be domesticated. You can't bring him into your home and say, I'm going to teach you how to be a house pet. Can't do that. So if what you really want to do is practice athletic stretching, then practice athletic stretching and stay away from yoga. Because yoga is a spiritual thing, as you just heard. And more importantly, don't call it yoga because it might confuse your children. And it might confuse those that God could hold you responsible for. Why? Because they start going down that rabbit hole and who knows where it will lead them. No, you know where it will lead them. There's forces hunting their soul. Soul. So you want to be very careful. Remember, New Age Thought says this, Christianity is about the mental ascent, vibrating at a higher frequency, enlightenment, higher levels of consciousness, ultimate love is acceptance and universal salvation. They talk about the Christ spirit. The Christ spirit exists in everyone and and as everyone. The Christ spirit exists in everything as everything. Jesus' I am statements are examples of him speaking as a universal Christ. You say, Pastor, I'm not. No, I need you to understand. Out of 535 mentions of the word Christ, or the anointed one, in the Bible, not one of them is used the way the New Ager would want us to believe it's used. You can read them. I invite you to read them. In fact, every time Christ is used, it's used to refer to him as a person. Let me read one of my favorite verses. For what I have received, I now pass on to you of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, Not a universal spirit, Christ, the Son of God, come in the flesh, died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he, he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, he appeared to the twelve as well, and after that appeared to over 5,000 people, many of which are still alive to have witnessed that. He did, not a universal Christ consciousness. I need you to understand. Go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 22. By this we know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. But watch. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This doctrine of demons that he's a universal Christ consciousness, that you don't have to accept him as your savior, that he didn't die to atone for your sins. That is the spirit right there. Read it with me. Of who? Of who? Of who? 
And who is coming? It's here. It's here. Wake up. Wake up. You go, Pastor, I'm kind of... Man, look up. Look up. Your redemption draws nigh. Your redemption draws nigh. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh, man, I'm excited. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Come on. Jesus is coming. He's coming. And I get a chance to do exploits for him, to stand in faith, to share the gospel with you guys so that you might share with your friends and family that we might boldly proclaim with all all confidence, Jesus is coming, the signs are on the wall, come on, get your reading glasses out, start reading them. Amen? You might say, oh, pastor, 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 oh, it's everywhere. You realize, you realize how important it is? How important it is. You say, but, but, but Pastor, so many of these help, self-help books. Pastor Melissa and I, we learned this the hard way. You know, you, you start reading these self-help books to try to better yourself. It's all about new age thought. You say, but there's so much good. Well, let me ask you this. I've got some M&Ms mixed with some x But they look the same. Anybody want one? Need a good cleanse before you fast? No takers? Let's go a step further. Because the hunting of your soul is not just a cleansing. It's not just an x slacks. How about we put a little rat poison in them? Anyone? You sure? See, this is what I want us to get across. Because the enemy keeps saying, but, it's, but it's, there's a lot of good. But how do you know what's poop or what's poison or what's, can I tell you, this is why the psalmist said, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. You don't have to worry about this book. Read this book. Amen. Ground yourself in this book. Pray this, this season with us. Pray. Open up the book with your children around the table. Start meditating on it day and night, day and night. Day and night. Jesus is coming. Get excited about that. Get excited about that. You say, Pastor, what do I do between now and then? This is what you do. You make sure you're saved. Well, how do I how do I be how do I become saved? The gospel message is very clear. You put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That he came as the son of God, lived a perfect sinless life. That he died on a cross to take the place for your sins. Will you receive that forgiveness? That means I put my trust in him. I put my faith that Lord, you did this. And someday, I will be with you in glory. This is the second part of salvation or it's the same part. But you repent, the Bible says. Listen to me. Listen to me very closely. Many people have gotten really good at the confession part. Confession is just the smallest, tiniest part of repentance. Confession is saying, Lord, I'm sorry. But how many of you know I'm sorry means nothing if there's no change? 
What if I was a cheater and I said, baby, I'm sorry, but I didn't change? Does it mean anything? This is why I think people are trying to control their circumstances and their lives with witchcraft. Because they cannot get a hold of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. What is his name? The Holy Spirit. So what if I'm still sleeping around? I'm still living with someone who I'm not married to. I'm still talking and cursing and dabbling in horoscopes and going down the South Congress, getting my palm read and going here and doing this and doing that. And I, and I get down on my knees and I say, Lord, I want to humble myself to you. Would you speak to me? The Lord's going to say, you don't need a sign. You've got signs. They're right here. Repent. And then I'll do all the speaking you need. But I've already told you what you're living is wrong. Listen to me. Listen to me. Because so many people say, I can't get a hold of the Holy Spirit. But this other stuff, man, it seems to really work. It does. Why? Why does it work? Because you're not living holy. And the enemy will be there like Johnny on the spot, going, what do you need? What do you need? You want to manifest? Let's manifest. Line up with me. Line up with me. That's what you're doing. He's saying, agree with me. And I'll go to work for you. The Holy Spirit is saying, I don't work for you. Come on. I will work in you when you submit. And submitting means you got to turn. You say, pastor, that's hard. It is. And so you want to talk to the Holy Spirit? Today it starts. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to turn from my sin. I want to put my trust in you. Today. Come on, let's get with it. I'm going to stop sleeping around. I'm going to stop watching certain shows. I'm going to stop lying. I'm going to stop living in an unholy manner in ways that I know better. I know better. And today... I want the power of your Holy Spirit to help me repent. That means change. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, accept true salvation. Say, Lord Jesus, I trust you. And I repent by the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you just raise your hand right now? Hmm. I see hands. I'm done. I'm done trying to do it in my own strength. Holy Spirit, I need to get a hold of you. So I put my trust in Jesus. Nothing else. And I repent by the power of the Holy Spirit. I see, I see hands all over this auditorium. Would you pray this simple prayer? Father God, With all my heart and soul, I confess faith and trust in Jesus alone. Lord Jesus, I know that you're the Son of God, that you came and you died for my sins. And today, today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I repent. I change. I leave that behind to live for you. 
I'll never be the same, Lord Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ, would you partake with us? Father, you said that this would be the sign of your covenant with us. Marking your body that was crucified and your blood that was shed so that we might have forgiveness of sin. Thank you, Lord. Maranatha, until you return. Church, I love you. With all my heart, have a great day.